Thank you. you. Oh, man. I don't know if it's because I'm 38 weeks pregnant or if that was just very emotional, but I'm like, whoa. (sighs) Happy Mother's Day. That was incredible. Shout out to Brandon Day, our creative director. Let's give him a hand for that incredible video and idea that he had for Mother's Day. Thank you for everyone who contributed, too. Wow. My voice on that video was, like, so raspy because I had COVID all last week. But, um, Mom, I just want to honor you on Mother's Day and say I love you. Happy Mother's Day. You're amazing. And my mother-in-law, who's here as well, visiting. Lisa, I love you as well. Guys, well, today I'm so excited. I'm going to be sharing part one of our two-part mini-series over the next, uh, well, today. And then we'll have one on Father's Day, but it's called The Perfect Parent. There it is. So I just want to do a quick little poll here in this room. Raise your hand if... um, if you're perfect, if you've never made a mistake, just turn around, look around. <laughs> yep, it's a trick question. <laughs> All right, good. Okay, we're in good company. Awesome. Raise your hand if you are um, a parent in this room. Okay. Awesome. Now, raise, keep your hand raised if you're perfect. All right, okay. Yep, quick, very quick. Okay. Um, raise your hand if you were raised by perfect parents. No? Okay, wow. Man, mankind is disappointing. Am I right? <laughs> just messing. Um, But I do that to show that very truly, parenthood is something that none of us can be perfect at, none of us are perfect at, and none of us have been raised by perfect people. And I know that that's something that we kind of know in our heads, but the reality is, is that there is a God who is our perfect parent. And so in in this mini-series, we are going to be talking about the perfect parent who is God our Father, who is God, our perfect parent, and what that looks like and what that means for us today. So I, we, we were talking this weekend a lot about um, generations. You know, we've got Gen Z coming up. We've got Gen Alpha after them. Um, we've got the millennials, the Gen Xs, our baby boomers. Is there a generation alive before that right now still? The war generation? Okay. Um, but we were talking about how this is like the most labeled, like, People back in the day never used to self-identify and be like, I'm a boomer or I'm a baby boomer or whatever. But now it's like, I'm Gen X, I'm millennial. And we put these labels um, for our generations. And there's a lot of people in my generation and in the up-and-coming generation who are almost rejecting the idea of our Old Testament God. Anyone kind of seen this around You know, we talk about the New Testament, we talk about Jesus, and we're totally fine to embrace that and embrace Jesus Christ of the New Testament. And oftentimes people are rejecting the God of the Old Testament and are saying, well, I don't know if that's really who God is. And I'm very comfortable here in the New Testament, but I don't really, I'm I'm a bit uncomfortable with the Old Testament God. And so there's a a misconception um, that God was almost out of control in his wrath and his anger. You know, we see throughout um, different stories, there's a lot of war and a lot of death and plagues and, you know, disobedience from the Israelites. And then, you know, the anger of God. And people can often think that that's the way that God is or God was and that he is that, that God the Father is like that. And there's that common misconception, like how could a loving father destroy the earth in a flood and all of its inhabitants? I mean, 
when now as a parent, when I'm, you know, talking about Bible stories and we're reading the Bible with our kids and we're sharing that, they're like, why did he, why did everyone die? And you're like, oh, all right, let's buckle up for theology 101 again. Um, and you're explaining it and you're, <laughs> and you're trying to go there, but inside you're like, ah, this is even myself. I wrestle with this sometimes, you know, of, of God. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, God, he refers to himself, the Bible refers to God as a father and also uses the metaphor as a mother. And truly, when I think about a parent, I think about, like, what are the lengths that a parent would go to rescue their children or to save their children, to show love? And we see the Old Testament God as, yes, there was a lot of anger and, or there was that towards the Israelites in moments. But we also see throughout the Old Testament a story of love woven in and throughout all of it. And all of the story of love is leading up to the redemption of humanity and the sending of Jesus Christ, of the Son of God. And in Isaiah 66, it says, As one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in, in Jerusalem. And then Psalm 27 says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. And there's verse after verse throughout the Old Testament of the kindness and the love of God and the comfort of God as our father. And it's actually not true about the Old Testament God. It's a misconception because he was weaving throughout all of it his love story of redemption for humanity. And um, that verse, Psalm 27, I remember when I was probably like about eight years old, um, we went back to England as a family for the first time since my mom's mom had died. My granny had died. And I think my parents must have been speaking somewhere. And so we spent um, a few days with my granddad alone. And that was the first time we were at his house alone. And um, like without my granny there. And it was really weird. And I remember as my parents left, my dad, who um, had, my parents traveled a lot when I was growing up. But he said, whenever you're feeling like maybe you feel in your heart, mommy and daddy have left and you feel this. Read this verse, Psalm 27, you know, though my father and mother um, leave me, my God will take me in. And I remember being like eight years old and sitting on, my, on the bed in my granddad's guest room and flipping through my Bible and finding that verse and finding comfort in God as my father in that moment as I deeply missed my, gran my granny and I felt lonely and I felt like my parents were gone. But I remember that verse and I, would, I, and I turned to it. You know how you have those kind of core memories. Um, but ultimately, the greatest gift of love that God as a perfect parent could give us is the gift of his son, Jesus. That that was the greatest gift is to humanity. The redemption story is I'm going to give to you my one and only son, the one whom I love, and I'm going to give him through the womb of a mother here on this earth. He, Jesus could have appeared in any way, and God chose to send him through the womb of a mother. If that doesn't show you how much God loves moms, come on, right? <laughs> the greatest, one of the greatest privileges and honor probably in history is Mary carrying Jesus Christ, God of the universe, fully man, fully God, and carrying him and birthing him. And then you think about from there, she nursed him, and she raised him until he, you know, left home and, and carried on his ministry. But 
Um, as, as a parent myself, I, I think about this movie, Taken. Has anyone seen the movie Taken by Liam Neeson, with Liam Neeson? Um, if you haven't seen it, it's basically the story of this dad who used to be in the CIA, and his um, daughter goes to Paris um, after graduating school or something. She wants to do a trip with her friend. And he's like kind of hesitant, but he lets her go on this trip. And they end up getting in this taxi cab and telling the person in the cab that they're alone. And it ends up being like this kind of, I think like Albanian or something, um, traffic, human trafficking ring that ends up abducting them. And she manages to somehow call him and tell him this. And he's like on, on the phone with the abductors. And he says to them, like, I will find you and I will kill you. It's like that famous line, I will find you, and I will kill you. And, yes, and then, like, you know, chaos ensues throughout the rest of the movie as he's going through, no matter what the obstacles were, no matter what the lengths were, he's like, I'm going to rescue my daughter from this situation because I love her. And he pulls, like, all of his resources and people he knows to all across the world to help him find his daughter. And it's an incredible image of what God the Father does for humanity. That in our sin, we were, we were nothing. We were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. There was silence for hundreds of years from God. There was all of the things that we read about in the Old, in the Old Testament that the Israelites had to walk through. And the whole time, God saying as a parent, you are my children. I have a plan. I have a redemption story for you. My son Jesus is going to rescue you because I am a loving father who wants my children back. And in the same lengths that, the, uh, that Liam Neeson will go to rescue his daughter, God's like, can you imagine the lengths I will go to rescue you, to find you? And I kind of, um, I kind of understand a sense of that now as a mom myself. You know, if someone's bullying my son, I'm like, mm. Let me add them, like, you know, they're like a five-year-old, and I'm like, don't you dare talk to my child that way. And there was one time at the park where actually, like, I'm pretty sure my kids were about to get trafficked. I know this is crazy. And there was, there was this moment I was alone at the park, park I go to all the time, and um, this couple or, like, this man, middle-aged man and, like, his mom and then his daughter, who he said his daughter was, like, in kindergarten. She looked like she was nine. She was, like, really tall, really old-looking. And they kind of come over and start talking to us. And I'm, like, friendly, and I'm chatting away. And um, they kept saying over and over again, wow, your kids are so beautiful. They're so blonde. Wow, they're so beautiful. Like, you know, when it's like, oh, thank you. And then it's, like, the fourth time, and you're like, okay. Yeah, they are. And then we're chatting, and he's like, um, yeah, my daughter goes to this school. And he mentions the school. Where do your kids go? And I was just being naive, and I kind of shared where. I was like, oh, yeah, they go to this uh, preschool. The, he, the guy pulls out his phone, zooms into a map, and is like, is this the school? And I'm like, okay. I start getting a little, like, red flag moment. And um, I'm there, and they were like, kept, you know, the daughter kept befriending my daughter, and so they're playing, and they're running off, and I'm trying to be like, no, stay over here, stay close to mommy, I want to be able to, to see you, but I have, like, three kids who are three and under, and they're all, like, all over the place, and I'm alone, and I'm, like, trying my best, but I just knew in my spirit, like, this, something just didn't feel right for me, whether I was exaggerating or not, I don't know, but anyways, there was, like, a trail um, with something that they could go explore to, 
And the guy was like, I'm going to take Zoe down the trail with my daughter. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see her just running down there. And she's running down the field with this girl down to the, the thing. And I said, I'm just going to get my son, and I'll be, I'm coming right now. And he's like, no, 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 you don't need to come. You don't need to come. And I'm like, no, I, I'm coming. He's like, no. And I'm like, I literally... <laughs> ran as fast as I could down that field with my daughter Selah in my arms who was a baby at the time and I'm running 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 I grabbed my daughter Zoe she's like what's happening I'm like we're leaving and I ran I grabbed Jude and I threw them in the car I didn't even put a seatbelt on them I drove as fast as I could down the road yes to the next neighborhood and I'm like panicked and I'm buckling them and I was like whether this is real or not I ended up like talking to my neighbor who's a sheriff and like filing a report because there was a bunch of other stuff too um, that I won't get into but it just, it, I was like, as a parent, I, this mother, protector, don't come near my children, don't talk about my children, don't, you don't, don't even look at where they go to school, like, don't do anything, and I'm freaked out, but it came over me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I will do anything to protect my kids, I will do anything in the world to, to rescue them from anything, and as I was preparing this message, and I was thinking about the perfect parent, like, what are the lengths that God will go to to show you that he loves you, to show you that he'll comfort you, to show you that he's there for you. I mean, there's no amount of lengths. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate gift that he could give us. The ultimate gift as a parent that he could show us and love us through is saying, I'm going to send my son Jesus for you. And we have, to, we have to filter through the Old Testament, through the cross, Everything that we read, we look at through the cross. We look at through Jesus, and we look at what he did for us. All of the laws and the rules that we thought, you know, wow, how strict that they would have to follow those. Well, in order for Jesus to come and fulfill the law, there had to be a law. There had to be something to save us from. There had to be sin to save us from. There had to be darkness to save us from. There had to be something for Jesus. And when we begin to see it through the reflection or the, the lens of the cross, we actually see the lovingness of the Father that he would send Jesus to save us from all of that and redeem us from all of that. So God, the Bible, he, he, it kind of gives us clues about God is our parent. When Jesus is with his disciples and he's teaching them how to pray, what does he say to them? He says, our Father. He teaches them how to pray and he starts out by saying, our Father. Our Father. And... Um, I was with some of our family in England with my sisters, and we were camping. We were in a tent, and we started singing. It was years ago. We started singing the song, How He Loves. And I don't know why. I think we were, like, ad-libbing, going into a spontaneous moment or something. We're saying something about Daddy and, and, and God as our father. I don't know. Anyways, I come out, and our family member looks at us, our extended family member, and we're like 12 years old, and my sisters are like younger, and they're like, how dare you call God daddy? And we were like, what? Like, you know, raised in a charismatic bubble at the time, like, what? And they're like, even our kids don't call their father daddy. How dare you call him daddy? And I realized, wow, yeah, they, I take for granted the fact that I have this revelation of the father heart of God and not everyone has that not everyone is able to call God daddy not everyone wants to call dad God daddy and we can often take our lens from our own childhood 
and the way our parents have raised us and filter the way we see God through those lenses, through the pain, through the hurt, and be like, God is, God's not my parent. He's my God, but is he my parent? Do I let him comfort me the way a mother should? Do I let him love me the way a mother should? Do I let him protect me the way my father should have? And we can often let our own hurts filter that through. But Jesus teaches us to say, our father, to call him our father, to refer to him as our parent, as our, um, as our father. And Ephesians 1, 3 through 6, if you have that verse, or Ephesians 1, yep, says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. It says he has chosen us from the foundation of the world. Turn to someone and say, he's chosen you from the foundation of the world. And he predestined. That means like our destiny was adoption. Our destiny was to be chosen into the family of God as sons and daughters. He chose us. Before there was even Adam and Eve, God was still a father. Because even before the foundation of the world, he was a father. That was who he was. That was his identity. In the Trinity, there was God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the love that flows between them their spirit. He was a father. This is the nature of God, that he is a parent, that he, pre before the foundation of the world, before even he said, let there be light, he was still existing as a father. And that is who he is. And Malachi 3 verse 6, it says, I never change, or he never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if even before the foundation of the world, he was a father. That means today he's still just as much as a father to each and every one of us as he was to Jesus when it was only the Trinity there. And that exact same love is what he has for each and every one of us here. And now we get to be grafted in and adopted as sons and daughters. And in the Jewish culture, when you adopt a son, when you adopt a child, you can never, ever reject your, your ch adopted child. Like, you can renounce and reject your, your biological children, but you're bound in adoption to the children that you've chosen. And Jesus is saying, and Paul, as he's writing this, is he's saying, you have been predestined through adoption to be sons and daughters of God. Our identity is we are children of God. And the parent that we have is, yes, we have our earthly parents here, but they're just to, they're just to show who, Jesus, who God is like and what he is like, even though we get it wrong because we're mixed up in our own sin and our own stuff that we've got going on. But really, it's the family of God that we have been brought into. Come on. So don't let the, earth, don't let the failures of our earthly parents stop you from entering into the gift that God has predestined for each and every one of us. Don't let it rob you of that gift. Deuteronomy 31 says 6 says, he will never leave us or forsake us. That's a promise from God. A promise from him is, 
I will never leave you or forsake you. So Jesus is the representation of all the things that the Father is. Like I was saying before, it's, it can be easy sometimes to reject God, but it's palpable, is that a word? Yeah, palpable, palpable to accept Jesus because Jesus is nice and kind and loving and giving and, you know, all the things. But Jesus says here in John 14, 6, do you have it? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Jesus is saying, I am the way to the father. I am the way, the truth in a capital T, and the life. And I am representing here on this earth everything that my father is. Every miracle, every extension of love, every extension of grace, every moment, I am representing my Father here on this earth, and I only see what I see my Father doing. I only do what I see my Father doing. So Jesus is the representation of everything that our Father is. And we can't accept one and take the things we like about, you know, pick apart what we like about our Old Testament God or whatever. It's like, no, we have to accept God. God as our parent. And as I've been um, raising my own kids too, realizing that the word discipline actually comes from the word disciple, that it's actually training. So much of what we do in our roles as parents is training them, training them how to be good humans, training them how to load the dishwasher, training them how to put on their shoes and get dressed and do all these things, training them how to walk in forgiveness, how to say sorry, (laughs) And it's the same thing. God, sometimes we feel like, oh, man, was God punishing me? Is God disciplining me? It's like, no, he's actually lovingly discipling me and teaching me in these moments where I feel like I'm in a moment of discipline, but actually I'm in a moment of teaching. God, I'm sorry for my own bad reaction. How can I learn from what you're doing in this moment? Because I'm realizing as a parent that kids thrive with boundaries. Kids thrive with feeling safe and secure in the bounds that they know they're to go in. And that's why we have things like don't kill (laughs) and don't lie and don't steal and don't cheat and don't, you know, commit adultery in your heart and all these things. Because not because God's this big rule like father who's this authoritative parent, but because he knows the love of boundaries and how to keep us safe in that. So... Jesus is the representation of the Father. And then Jesus, as he is leaving this earth, he says to his disciples, um, he says, it's better that I go. In John 16, 7, he says, it's better that I go because if I don't, some translations say, the comforter will not come. And a few months ago, last year, um, my brother-in-law in New Zealand, his dad died of cancer. And his dad was his hero, was his best friend. And we were all over here, like, they just opened the borders last week to New Zealand for international travelers. So we haven't seen my sister and her husband. We didn't get to watch them get married. Um, We haven't seen them in a year and a half. We haven't seen my brother Daniel uh, in almost three years. So we're we're having a reunion in in June in Canada. Woo! So excited. That's going to be very tearful and so fun. Um, 
And so we're watching the funeral online. And you know when someone's grieving, you want to give them space. You're not like calling them up all the time. But I, as I sat through watching the funeral, my heart was just broken, watching my brother Daniel come into the front and sit there and knowing that my sister was there in her first year of marriage, in a new country, away from her family, grieving the loss of now her father-in-law and having to walk through that journey of grief in your first year of marriage. I mean, I can't imagine. And so my heart is like, just so broken, so grieving for them. And as I was writing a message to them after the funeral, the Lord prompted me about that verse. And I went back and I read it and, and I saw again, the comforter will not come to you. And I just had this revelation that Jesus could have said anything to his disciples about who the Holy Spirit was. He could, have, he could have prophesied the coming of the Pentecost and said, the fire will not come to you. The spirit will not come. The wind, the oil, the, you know, he could have said anything. The power, it will not come to you. But he chooses to say in that moment, the comforter will not come. And he's showing again another facet, another, another piece of who God is and who God wants to be to us. Because he knew that his, they wouldn't, he's like, Jesus is like, I've been saying for three years that I'm going to go and none of you are getting it, man. None of you understand. And so you're like, I'm trying to prepare you and you'd be ready for it, but it's going to blindside you again. And I'll just be like, you're going to need my comfort. And he's, he's saying to them that the Holy Spirit, another representation of who God is, is our comforter. And so... I wrote that out, and as I now as I pray for people and as I pray for even myself in those moments, I, I just ask that the person, the comforter of him, the Holy Spirit himself, the comforter himself would come and draw close to you as you're walking through this pain, that there is a part of the Holy Spirit, part of the heart of God who is the comforter, capital T. Like that is who he is, and he wants to draw close as a mother would comfort her children as a parent, as a father would comfort her children. When my kids get hurt, I don't just leave them crying on the ground. I'm like, oh, you got a boo-boo, come here. Let's kiss it. Let's make it feel better. Let's get a Band-Aid. Let's hug you and cuddle you until you feel better. And that's what God wants to do. And often we want to just deal with our pain and deal with everything alone. And God's like, no, let the comforter come and draw near to you. Let him be close to you. Let him be felt as a parent would comfort their children, allow me to do that for you. And he makes up, even as a parent myself, you know, he covers all of my failures as a parent. There's so much grace for me. I mean, this morning, <laughs> I'm like, Aaron's on worship, I'm coming here to preach, and one of my kids is having like an epic meltdown for 45 minutes, and <laughs> I'm like, this is the worst. Happy Mother's Day to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm crying now by the end of it. I'm blaming a lot on the hormones, like I'm about to give birth. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, I need comfort in this moment. <laughs> I need breakfast in bed or whatever. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep my cool. I'm like, it's Mother's Day at least. Like, you know, but 40 minutes in, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm like, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Like, let's go. We got to get you dressed for church. I don't want to, like, you know. But realizing that I can't be perfect in those moments all the time, 
And I fall short so many times. And God's like, I make up for your failures. <laughs> and as my kids are getting older, realizing more and more, pointing them to God as the perfect father, as the perfect parent, as the perfect representation even as a mother, and repenting to them and saying, I'm so sorry that I have not represented the love and the heart of God as your father to you today. And humbling myself and, and apologizing to my kids for where I've felt fallen short as their parent. And I felt this morning that there was almost like a double-sided coin, that there were some of us in the room who you were raised by parents who were so far from perfect that it's just completely muddied our, your view of who God is as a perfect parent. Like the word perfect parent, it's like two words that don't even go together. Like oxymoronic right there. Perfect parent, what is that? Who is that? And then there's also some of us who feel like we've fallen so far short as parents ourselves representing God to our kids. And I felt like God just wanted to come in this morning and minister to our hearts because there's so much joy to be found when we allow ourselves to be part of that family of God, when we allow God to come in as our father, when we allow Jesus, as we're reading everything he's doing, to, to show us who he's representing and what he did and the love that God had for us to rescue us and embracing the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, and allowing him to come into our pain. And then there's also those of us who have fallen so short that we feel like our kids have left the Lord because of, you know, mistakes I made. How are they ever going to come back? Or, oh, I've, you know, I've so screwed it up. <laughs> and God wants to just come in and he wants to release his love and his forgiveness and say, I'm covering your failures. I'm covering your mistakes. Allow me to be the perfect parent. The greatest gift we can give our kids is teaching them the voice of the shepherd. Because if they learn to hear the voice of God, they'll learn to go to him in those moments and hear the truth and feel the truth. Some of our, our outreach pastors, uh, Justin and Kelly, they're on vacation this week, but they were saying how, you know, every, every night it feels like as parents, they're, they're having these hard conversations with their girls about, you know, just all the cultural stuff they're facing these days in school and church. Like, Mom and Dad, is abortion okay? Is, you know, being trans okay? Like, and, and navigating the whole, like, walking in love, and do we accept, do we, like, how do we do, and all of that. And they're like, it's a lot. <laughs> and they said, what we've realized that we can do for our kids is teach them the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because even if they stray a little, if they know his voice, they'll know how to come back. They'll know what he's saying. They'll know the truth because he's speaking it to them. And so what I just want to invite you guys to stand. Oh, Yeah, let's just close our eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. We know you're here in this place, but we just want to say that you're welcome here. Would you come and reveal yourself right now to us as the comforter? Thank you that on Mother's Day today, 2022, May the 8th, we can celebrate you 
celebrate our mothers, but also celebrate that you are a perfect parent. Even when our earthly parents fall short, Lord, you have always been our perfect parent. That even though our mother and fathers may forsake us, Lord, you take us in. That that is your word, that is your promise to us. That you draw near to the brokenhearted, that you never leave us or forsake us. That you are, that there's comfort to be found in you. And we step into that truth today, Lord. Even if our parents abused us, Lord, or beat us, or they weren't present, or one of them left, or maybe we were just torn down all the time and what we had to say wasn't important, or what we did was stupid. Whatever it is, just fill in the blank for your own life. And just be, be honest with God. I said to some of one of our youth leaders, God isn't afraid of your honesty. God isn't afraid of your questions and your questioning. Because Malachi 3.6, I am the same. I've never changed. He's not afraid. Even Jesus on the cross as he's saying, or as he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's questioning his father, God, is there any other way? God's not like, how dare you question me? He's not afraid of our truth in our hearts. So just take a moment if you want to just pour out your heart to him and just say, God, it's really hard actually for me to celebrate Mother's Day today because of this. And there's some of us in this room who are parents and we feel like we've fallen so short in representing God as a perfect parent to our own children. And I just feel like there's a moment for us to, yes, repent to the Lord for those mistakes and where we've sinned in them, but also just ask for his grace to come and fill us and his love and his mercy. So God, we, if you want, you can say this in your heart too, but Lord, I just repent for any way that I've misrepresented you as a perfect parent to my kids. Thank you that your grace is sufficient for me. Your grace is sufficient for them. And I ask that you would just fill me with your grace and your forgiveness this morning. I choose to forgive myself for any way that I have hurt my kids. And I ask for your forgiveness too, Lord. Would you reveal yourself as the perfect parent to my children and pastor the hearts of my kids where I've fallen short? So if anyone wants prayer or they feel like you want to just respond to that and you want to have more ministry, we're going to um, open up the front this morning and we'll have some of our pastors and ministry team or connect team, freedom team, anyone who wants to come pray. We'll just, we're happy to walk people through that, but I just want to bless each and every one of you as you go and you celebrate today, no matter where you're at in your relationship with your earthly mother, that there's a, an incredible, perfect parent that is always waiting with his arms open. In fact, he runs towards us. 
So allow him to come and reveal himself to you this week as the perfect parent, as the perfect father, as Jesus reveals who the father is to you. In Jesus' name, amen.